Welcome beyond the neutral zone. I am Brandon, joined by my good friends Tanner and Ben. Today is Monday, February 19th. What we're going to do today is we're going to continue what we started the last episode with the NFC. We're going to do it today with the AFC. We're going to list bright spots and dark spots from each team from the entire conference. We'll try to go a little quicker today than we did last week. Before we get into that, Tanner, did you, did you say that you saw any of the All-Star game? Yeah, so I was working, so I got to see a little bit the... So, do either of you know what the final score was of that game? 211 to 183 or 186. <laughs> it was the, fir- the East was the first team to score 200. I mean, come on, yeah. man. I mean, Lord have mercy. There's just no, like... I mean, the NBA All-Star game is always a joke, but I think that is taking it to, like, another level, man. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. That's insane. Two, the final score, East 211, West 186. By the way, the over-under. It blistered the over-under. Not really. Actually, no. The over-under was 352. To it was over 400. They blistered that. Oh, my God. That's it. It wasn't, over, it wasn't over 400. It was 397 was the table. Yeah. yeah. But, but they over that. The over-under was set at 352. I mean, holy cow. I mean... By the way, the East covered plus two and a half. If you wanted, if you were wondering, the East covered that's plus plus two and a half. <laughs> that would have been the perfect money line game. Oh my goodness, man! Wow. I mean, okay. So, does anybody have anything else they want to say about that All Star game other than it being fixed? It NBA. Okay. Did either of you watch the dunk contest? That I, I got to see. Matt, oh, I got to see his dunk over Shaq. That's the only thing I got to see. Yeah. We were just getting... Okay, I w- have you all seen highlights of Jalen Brown? Oh, that was so embarrassing. <laughs> Literally, the Celtics page was posting it after every single one. Like, bro, I can't even dunk and I could have done better dunks than that, dude. Like, what are you doing? He dunked over. He got... From what from what I saw, he got like over a 40 on pretty much all of those, too. The, I, what is up with the judges on that kind of stuff, dude? Like, what? The the one that was the worst was the one where he acted like covering his eyes after he landed yeah, on the ground. Yeah, after yeah. he lands after the duck, he like covers his eyes like he did it blind. That was the one that he jumped over the dude sitting in a chair. The, that guy's like four nine, by the way, and he literally was just holding it on top of his head, sitting in a chair. And then Jalen Brown just did a regular dunk and then tried to act like he was covering his eyes. Oh, it was so embarrassing. I was disappointed. So, at the I, I don't know. I didn't watch it. So I don't know how the structure was set up as far as the round, like how, like how you make it to the next round. But how did he get past? Like how, did, he, did he end up getting second? Uh, yeah, he did. How but, did he How did he get to that? I, I, I mean, that's crazy. The um, other dunks were worse. Literally, he's. I, I saw Jacob Toppin do a three sixty through the legs, and apparently, he got eliminated. Eliminated after that. It's like what? How is Jalen Brown doing because more Matt, than Jacob Toppin? Max first dunk. I'm pretty sure he got a fifty on because I'm pretty sure his first dunk. First of all, there should never be fifties. Fifty should not be possible. Okay, that means dunking over Shaq deserves a fifty. A fifty. Come on, Brandon. If you're not Vince Carter, you're not. You don't get a fifty. Okay, period. Did you see Matt, a couple of the dunks that Matt, Matt done last I've year? I've seen Matt McClung dunking for 10 years. I, I know he's incredible. He's not Vince Carter, okay? He literally has never made a dunk that's better than 
five that Vince Carter has done. So fifty is not possible. Mac McClung's dunk contest last year was insane. This one was a little bit. Eh. I mean, he, he's still like you got. You got to think though that that's not a really fair comparison. Yeah, last year was because last year you have to realize what he done last year. Yeah, I mean, okay? it's incredible. Like, I agree. Nobody, nobody had heard of him. He wasn't even signed. The Seventy Sixers signed him to a contract like a week before that. Just like, like you were there, there, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So like nobody had expectations, and everybody was so down on the dunk contest. Like, yeah, he kind of saved it. But my, basically, why? Even if I'm not bringing up Vince Carter's name, a fifty means it's perfect and it's as good as you can possibly do. There's literally nothing on earth that can top it. That's a fifty. So a fifty theoretically should not be possible for anybody to get. Forty nine. Actually, how many judges are there? There's five judges. Uh, so five times nine is forty five. A 45 should be the most anybody ever get because a judge should never give a 10. If you give a 10, that means it's literally the best thing you've ever seen in your life. That That's the only time you should ever give a 10 as a judge, period. I think so, you're thinking about this a little too much. I, I just, I, I, it, it, it's, it's not just this though. It's just life in general. People like give credit to things. Like even if something is really, really good, People are overreacting to it, acting like it's the best thing they've ever seen all the time. Let me ask you a question. And it's it's a did annoying. you watch the Aaron Gordon? Yes. Zach, did you watch the Zach Levine Aaron Gordon yeah, dunk contest? I did. You're telling me not one of those dunks should have earned a I would have given a nine on, on, on you're, a lot of those you're dunks. You're insane, bro. You're insane. If you're the only way, and I'm saying this about myself too. Yeah. The only way, in my opinion, and and I and, and I'm I'm being serious about this. The only way, in my opinion. That you should be able to judge a dunk contest <laughs> or have any credibility when it comes to score is if you have competed in a dunk contest or can dunk. Yeah. If you have not one competed in a dunk contest or two, if you can't dunk, yeah. you have no credibility talking about score. I, I think I think that's a good point. And if they did that, I think that the scores would look a lot more like what I want. Because if you have Vince Carter up there and like Michael Jordan, LeBron James. You know, even if you you could throw somebody in there like, Dad Gummit, oh, why am I struggling with his name? Like J.R. Smith, you can throw, throw people in there like that. I don't think you're getting tens, then because they know what a ten looks like. In my opinion, the only person that can, you can even convince me may have scored a fifty is Vince Carter. Ever, I, I, I've never seen anybody else deserve maybe deserve a fifty more than Vince Carter. But Vince Carter's dunks were creative. They were difficult, and not only did he complete them, he completed them with force, like hard. Uh, and like, in order for a dunk to be a fifty, it has to be something I've never seen before. One, but which Mag done that? But, so, yeah, that's the first rule. If it's something that I've seen before, it's not eligible for a fifty. Period. You're not getting a ten. No, no judge should give a ten for something they've seen before. Period. That should never happen. Two. Not only have I not seen it before, it was creative and fun. Okay, that's the other report. Which done yesterday. Okay. Okay, so three, it had to be done with force, like putting it down hard. Mac McClellan's that you're talking about, he did not put that one down hard. That's not that. Like, so like I all of those. So I would give Mac McClellan a nine on that because it was creative. I've never seen it before. And he completed it, but it wasn't with force. Okay. So, and to be fair, uh, to be and to be fair, and there's probably more requirements that I'm looking for, but those are the big ones. Okay, those are the big ones. I've okay, never seen my, it before. 
I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Okay. But I'm with you on the first two. I'm not with you on the second two be, or on the set on the last one because you have to take everything into account. Okay. Right. You take, do you honestly think that Matt McClung can dunk with the same intensity as Jalen Brown can? No. So that, that can't be a rule, but the finesse doing something that yeah. Doing with the finesse and doing something new and exciting, I'll give you that. Yeah. But you can't add that as a credibility because somebody yeah. like Matt cannot dunk with the same authority and intensity as somebody like Jalen Brown can. That, yeah. So that's not a fair stipulation, in my opinion. And I'm Why sorry. Like, look at his look at his first dunk. He dunked over. He j- jumped over somebody for one. Yeah. Grabs the ball. I've never seen somebody take both their hands off the ball in air. Come. Out back in and like like that part was the easiest. Brandon, do it. Brandon, do it. I I I want you to jump over somebody behind the back. Exactly, bro. All the other stuff was hard. That taking his hands off the ball, the ball was still in the exact same spot. Like I, I I don't that part. I limited. I I would not even. I'm not even taking that that little taking his hands off as part of the dunk. Like he basically just held the ball the whole time. He he didn't do anything. Now if he if he if he took it off, clapped his hands, and then grabbed the ball again. Okay, that's that's crazy. But he literally just took his hands. He literally already lifted the ball. The ball is moving with him in the same space. Even if he never took his hands off the ball, the ball would have been in the exact same spot. And it literally was in the same spot, regardless if he took his hands off or not. So I don't really. That's not a big. It's a timing thing for one, Brandon. That that's still a skill that he had to practice in the air. Like he had to practice taking his hand, like getting that toss down to himself for the ball to be. And also, you're back. You're you're facing the opposite direction. Look, like that was incredible. (laughs) That's why I'm saying I would give him a nine. It was a great, great dunk. But you're you were saying was unfair. Because Matt McClung can't do that. I don't understand why that's not fair. If he can't do it, he can't do it. That means he's not the greatest dunker. Vince Carter could do it. That makes him the greatest dunker because he he's not arguing. He's physically capable of doing that. So Matt McClunch does never, no, no dunk he has ever done has deserved a 50 because he's just not capable of doing what Vince Carter did. Okay. That means he's not, he literally can't get a 50. So in my opinion, if he got a 45, like that's inc- if 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 somebody gets a 45 from me, like that means like that was maybe the best thing I've ever seen. Period. Like you're up there with Vince Carter. If you get, they guarantee you if you compare dunks on dunks, like to Vince Carter and like some of the dunks. And I'm not I'm not talking just Mac. I'm talking in your situation, like in your scenario. Yeah. If you took some of the exact same dunks that the the one that's pretty much made Vince Carter famous is the elbow dunk. Yeah, we I mean, literally saw that I, two years the ago. The elbow dunk, I don't care about that. That was that's that's, a, that's another overreaction of people. Like his other dunks were way better than that dunk. That if wasn't you literally dunk. go dunk for dunk with some of the guys like you see putting Mac into that conversation. The Zach putting Zach Levine, putting Aaron Gordon in there. If you literally take and go dunk for dunk, I guarantee you yeah. a good portion of the ones that you see now are more impressive than the ones that you, you saw. You may be right about that. I'm one, I'm, it's possible. But here's the, here's my point, though. If you want to compare stuff to Vince Carter and you think other things are better than what he's done, I'm not going to argue too much on that. My main point is nobody should ever get a 10. So, like, the dunks in the first round that people that make people go like, ooh, that was a good dunk. Like, nothing crazy but a good dunk. Those should be getting fours and fives. They should not be getting sevens and eights. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
Like they should be like the overall scoring. There should be a lot more one, twos, threes, fours, and fives being given. They never give those ever. It doesn't matter how bad the dunk was. They will not give somebody like a. Th- no, I agree. They, they, there should be one, twos, threes, fours, and fives given. Yeah. Why are they not being given? And I mean, if they, look if at you, the look at the year before. Look at the year before Matt completed in twenty. In 21, yeah. there were literally guys that were failing dunk so, three or four times yeah. before they even put one down. So, so if you are given one, two, threes, fours, and fives, that means if you do get a nine, that nine was insane. Mm-hmm. Okay. But because they're giving way too many points, nines don't really mean a whole lot. That's what I'm, I just want those nines to mean something that they don't. It's like Jalen Brown's dunk that Ben was talking about where you jumped over somebody sitting in a chair and covered your eyes after you landed. That should be a freaking two. You should, you should be twos across the board. He should have scored a 10 total on that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how bad that dunk was. Like, but they don't give twos. You know, like, that's why, like, I used to enjoy the dunk contest when I was younger. But then, like, when I started realizing that they're just giving tens for everything, like, there's, what's the point of watching it at that point, dude? It's just like, I, you're, you're giving 10 for everything. Right. And that's why I feel like, one of the criterias moving on, it's not going to fix the dunk contest, obviously. Okay. But one of the criteria for judging the dunk contest needs to be, you have to be, you have to be able to dunk first off. Okay. <laughs> and then two, you have competed in a dunk contest before. Yeah. I would like a stipulation to be only winners of past dunk contests. Yeah. They can. They've got enough can. winners now that they can do that. They 100% yeah. do. So like, yeah, but anyway, we've talked about this too long. Unless you have something to add on to it, man. No, not really. I mean, one of the best experiences I've ever had was going to the Arby's Classic as a kid and watching that dunk contest. With Wait, that by the way, is- Arby's Classic is a high school basketball tournament yeah. around here that's a pretty big deal. There's some really good high school teams that come to that. Yeah, and it was they did a dunk contest there, and I remember absolutely loving that because it was in person like yeah the judges were actually fair like there were fours and fives being i don't think anyone got below a four but there was at least fours being given that sounds and fun. like it it was so much fun. they have a three-point shoot but battle pretty sure the, the nba yeah that does, that does sound it fun. Was, it was, i'll say i'll say this and like steven a brought up a good point and i'm actually for this have you guys said what he thought would fit Heard what he thought would fix the NBA dunk contest? No. Okay. So he said, and look, I, I'm for this. Okay. So like, um, I know he blamed LeBron personally for the which NBA is dunk idiotic, contest. Idiotic, but it is so stupid. But anyway, I mean, okay, it's kind of got a point. <laughs> kind of got a point. That's a conversation we literally can't get into. Anyway, okay. Anyway, you you yes. you love LeBron enough to know that like if he has if he had been competing in a dunk contest he would have won a lot of them right you would know that right I on I honestly don't know if I agree I don't know if I agree with it because LeBron, when he was younger dude LeBron dude he would have put down some crazy dunks bro he possibly could have but the thing is LeBron is not a flashy dunker LeBron has always been. Yeah. Force. LeBron has always been a force. He would be that fly in the air, dude. That he would have time to do things like he he wouldn't even have to get that creative. If LeBron when LeBron is dunking, he can get so high and dunks so hard that all he has to do is just go between the legs. If he does a three sixty, if he does what Jacob Toppin did, and he easily could have done that when he was younger, mm. th- that would have gotten tens across the board. Not he shouldn't have, according to me, but he would have gotten tens across the board if he did what Jacob Toppin did. He would have been higher up and he would have dunked mm. harder than what Jacob Toppin did. What, and that's not even that. That's not even that creative. I mean, three sixty through the leg, bro. I'll give you that. I'll we can we can come back to this argument another time, but. 
I actually really like what Stephen A said about fixing his okay. thing to fix the dunk contest. Let's hear it. He said what you should do, okay, is have because obviously in parks like like Brooklyn and all these different places, you've got guys that have serious skills when it comes to dunking. Like they can I, put out I know dunks, where it's going. Okay. Yeah. So have a have a massive tournament style contest where you in in different places okay like you can do it in la san francisco you can do one in brooklyn you can do one in atlanta you can do one in all these places mm -hmm. basically turn it into a, a big tournament and a bracket okay and then once you get your guys that win this tournament then you have nba stars and athletes sponsor these guys yeah okay like sponsor these guys and then like they those are the guys that compete in the dunk contest your winner gets like five hundred thousand dollars your second place gets like 250 your third place gets like 100 000. i would watch because that. it's gonna be fresh guys and like you know well, here's the thing though I, I love all of that. Is the pressure going to be too you much know, for them, though? No, I, I, don't think that, I don't think that'll be an issue. I love all of that, but even with all that, even if it's all perfect, if the judges are poor, it's going to ruin it all anyway. Yeah. The judges have got to be good. You've got, you've got to be reasonable with these numbers. All of that sounds incredible, and I would love it, but you can't give tens for everything. Mm. Like, you know, like that's, that's the thing. They, they'll be awesome, but you just can't give tens for everything. Like, that's, that's the main point. But all that sounds... If you if you do that what you just said, and the I didn't say it. Stephen A said it. I just read yeah. It. If you do if you do what Stephen A said, and I've heard other people say similar things to that, and you've got LeBron judging, Michael Jordan, you know, Vince Carter. It, you got people like I that. Don't want LeBron judging? Why? Who cares? Like he's never been in a dunk contest. I, he knows how to dunk a ball, but but still, I want guys who have been okay, in a fair, dunk okay, on. Fair enough. Okay, I'm st I'm so, sticking by. So okay, let's pair. Let's put Aaron Gordon, Michael uh, with that. Aaron Gordon, Michael Jordan, Vince Carter. <laughs> well, Shaq hasn't been it. Blake Griffin could be. He in. was the really short Black. guy that was really good. Oh, I know. On the Hornets, I think. I, no, he wasn't with the Hornets. You're talking about Spud Webb. No, not Spud Webb. I'm talking about more more recent than that. I'm talking like ten years ago. The night. It wasn't AI because he didn't play. Football. No, dude, I'm, dude, I, I, why can I not think of this guy's name? He was like a five foot seven guy that was in the dunk contest like three years in a row. Why can I not think of his name, dude? I don't even remember what team. I, I thought he was on the Hornets, but maybe he wasn't. Man, I can't remember now, dude. But well, anyway, like five seven, dude was Fudwood. So maybe he, five nine. Yeah, I, I don't probably know, like five ten. But dude, he was way shorter than everybody else, and he he just had such hops, dude. Did you if you were if you googled like best short dunkers, he would be on there. But I, I can't. Gosh, I'm I'm upset with myself that I can't remember this guy's name. But he was in the dunk contest like three or four years in a row, and he won it a couple times. But anyway, but anyway, we get people like that to judge it, dude. And just make sure that they realize, like, hey, you probably shouldn't be giving it to Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. That's it. Nick. Knicks, okay. Yeah, Nate Robinson, he was fun to watch. Well, how tall is he, by the way? Nate Robinson. I don't know. He's short. Look look it up. Okay. Everybody just knows him for getting knocked out. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he's known for now. I, I know him for being great, a great dunker. I do, too. I'll keep knowing him for that. Well, tell me how tall he is. Let's Nate see. Robinson height. Nate Robinson knockout. 5'9"? Five five, under 5'9"? Five I'm assuming he's 5'10". 5'9", 5'10". I'm guessing 5'9". Yeah. Yeah. 5'9". All right, cool. Brandon 100% so had that. Just imagine, imagine somebody's height. He's like 5'9 and three quarters. 
Man, just somebody bends height out there, just throwing down windmill dunks, bro. I mean, come on. I mean, I can do it. That's fun to watch. That's fun stuff. Anyway, but yeah. So I, I think that the dunk contest is never going to get saved if because they're not going to do what we just said. But if they did, that would be fun to watch. I would enjoy it. I want to see Nico in the dunk contest. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> better than Jalen Brown. Yeah, it would be better than Jalen. <laughs> All right, we need to get going, guys. So let's go to the NFL. And we're going to do AFC today. Start with the Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs. Who wants to go first? Oh, how did we do it last time? I did pot, I did the bright spot first, and then Tammy we did the bright spot, spot, and then I went. Okay, so you do bright spot first this time, Tammy. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. Bright spot so, for the Chiefs. My bright spot of the Chiefs has to be Isaiah Pacheco. Okay. Yeah, he, I feel like, off the past, the past two years, like, we've obviously known he was good, but I feel like this year he really took things to a different level. Oh, yeah. You saw it in many different ways, whether it was his shiftiness, his burst, they relied on Isaiah Pacheco a lot more because no receivers. literally no receivers. <laughs> so my bright spot is definitely Isaiah Pacheco. Gotcha. All right. I, I agree with that. And the one thing you missed out on as far as attributes describing Pacheco is just energy and just effort yeah. on his runs. Like It's just yeah. all out energy yeah. and effort. So I agree. Yeah, that's fun to watch. What about you, Ben? My bright spot is Andy Reid. And the reason why is because Almost through this whole season, like the Chiefs were struggling. It was like, man, their offense doesn't look the same. It's a good thing their defense is playing well because, like, their offense is just kind of struggling. But no one, but even with what they've done in the past, there were still some questions about their team, like being able to actually put it together in the postseason. Like in the years past, they're like, oh, we're not worried about it. They'll get it together by the postseason and they'll get it figured out. Even this year, like with that pedigree and everything, there were still people questioning, like, man, I don't, I just don't think this team has the skills. And then Andy Reid managed to switch up enough stuff and it just worked. So that dude is just a mastermind. That, that's my opinion. Yeah, he's awesome. I, my bright spot for the Chiefs is you won the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, that's the brightest spot you could possibly have. I mean, you won the whole thing, dude. Are we gonna let him get away with that? <laughs> like, I mean, it's true. <laughs> I mean, they did, but that's just so obvious, bro. That's I mean, that's so obvious. You won the Super Bowl. You can't do better than that. I mean, that's as good as it gets. I mean, you won the Super Bowl. That's the bright spot. My, there's a really mighty. I thought your bright spot was gonna be Taylor Swift, bro. My my dark spot. I know where you're going with this. My dark spot immediately when you said that went to the same thing, and you can't say that as their dark spot. There's there's two really. There's a really easy dark spot that I'm gonna give to one of you guys. No, neither one of us are taking. What I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about Taylor Swift. Okay. There's a, there's a really easy dark spot that I'm gonna give to one of you guys. I'm gonna go with Matt Nagy as the dark spot. Just because I think Matt Nagy is not good. <laughs> like, he went to the Bears, ruined that team, which I know that team was already bad, but did terrible with that team. Comes back, and as soon as he comes back from the Chiefs, the Chiefs offense looks abysmal again. Like, I, I, I just, I think that guy is rough. Now, I, I, now I do think Andy Reid is the one running the offense. I don't think it's Matt Nagy, but I just, I don't think Matt Nagy, like, is able to help Patrick Mahomes in any way. Like I, I just, I just don't see it. I, I think that he just kind of, 
do I think the team offense would have struggled even if it wasn't Matt Nagy this year? Maybe. But Matt Nagy, everywhere he goes, they struggle. I just, I kind of see him as a dark spot. All right, Ben. One of you guys got to take the really easy one that I passed up here. I'm going I'm, somewhere I'm different. Not I'm not taking it. Okay, well, yeah. if nobody's going to take it, I'm going I'm to go Kadarius Tony. That's the dark spot, okay? Oh, that's not where I thought. Yeah, Kadarius Tony, that dude, is just, that's as dark of a spot as you could possibly get. I mean, holy cow, dude. I mean, it, my, my dark spot is darker, but okay. I'm not even going to go there. No, I'm not saying my actual. Okay. The, the one that I'm going to go with is they have, I don't know if this is technically allowed, but I'm going to say they made themselves the villain almost, and they just kind of, accepted that role which i'm not even necessarily sure is the worst thing okay but just playing into you're saying their public perception yeah playing into the celebrity hype like oh we have this we have that we're better than you sorry about it like uh, their yeah their public perspective is a good way of putting perception well perception yeah 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 it's not yeah it, it definitely went negative this year for sure what about you, Tanner? Dark spot. I'm going to say offensive line penalties. Uh, that's something that they're definitely going to have to get figured out before next year. Yeah. Because, I mean, just, unless they're playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just, their, just their right tackle position. I mean, Jawan Taylor led, he led the entire NFL in offensive line penalties. And, I mean, it wasn't even close, man. I yeah. think he had 20. The next closest was like at 13. So he led it by a very large amount. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when it comes to like, it, like, I get it. This is just me personally. When it comes to a lot of offensive line penalties, I feel like some of it's just undisciplined. When it comes to like yeah. because a lot of that stuff, a lot of that stuff is coaching. So that is something that they definitely got to get figured out before they move into before they move into next season. Yeah. Next team up, Ravens. Tanner, bright spot for the Ravens. I got another defense. I'll say their defense is definitely a bright spot. I definitely did not see their defense being this good. I mean, they led the de- they led the entire league in scoring, which is very very hard to do. Mm-hmm. And when I say scoring, I mean least amount of points put on you by the yeah. the entire year. So as a defense leading the entire league in scoring, I mean you're taking your offense off of a lot of pressure in that aspect because you're not in as many high scoring games. You're obviously causing a lot of offenses to press playing you to try to get points on the board, especially when Lamar gets going and offenses get going. So I would say they're defense, man. And I am absolutely, I'm so freaking excited that we got their defensive backs coach to be our defensive coordinator because that was. You're talking about the Titans. Yeah, I'm talking about the Titans. Like I am beside myself that we were able to land that like i'm yeah. so freaking excited. that seems like a good hire yeah i've got to i've definitely got to see their defense as a whole what about you ben bright spot i'm taking the easy spot out i honestly don't really like the ravens their defense was fantastic i'm gonna go with the fact that they had the mvp on their team i mean did okay. he, that was did, did he deserve it I personally don't think so, but I mean, just winning the MVP, bringing that back to your team. I mean, I know it's technically a personal award, but the MVP is a team award also because if your team's not winning games, you're not winning the MVP no matter what. So yeah, that that's pretty much okay. it. My bright spot's going to be Zay Flowers, even though he really had a really bad last game. But I'm going to say Zay Flowers. I do think Lamar improved this year a lot, even if, even if you don't account for Zay Flowers. But I think Zay Flowers opened things up a lot for that offense this year. 
He's such a good receiver, man. He really, really is. And I, I, I think he was a super big bright spot for them this year. Dark spot. This is a, this is a tough one to be honest. Cause I mean, I don't like Lamar Jackson, but he had a good year. <laughs> so I can't say he's a dark spot. I would say just running back health. It seems like every year, I mean, the Ravens just every, whoever the running backs are just get hurt. Every single year. It is whoever, like, season ending injuries every single year. It, like, multiple running backs, too, every year. It's crazy. Like, running back health is just disastrous for the Ravens every year. So, I think that's probably the dark spot. Mm-hmm. Keaton Mit- Mitchell was the guy that tore his ACL this year. Which, did you see that injury where he, like, hot breaks into his knee? Like, like, coming out of a tackle? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. I'm sure I did. So, anyway. What about you, Ben? Dark spot, Raven? Man, I was going to take their running back health on my, like, that's legitimately <laughs> where I was going. You want me to go to give me a minute? No. I hate to do this, but I'm going to say there are other receivers like other than Rashad Bateman because, or I mean, other than Zay Flowers because I really expected a lot from Rashad Bateman. I thought he was going to take that next step and kind of break out. Like I've been, I've been waiting for him to do that and he just hasn't. And then this year you can't even blame it on Lamar because Zay Flowers went off. But then, and then Odell, I didn't really expect that much from him, but they signed him with high hopes of helping their team, and he really didn't do a whole lot this year. Like he played good, but he didn't. He wasn't what they signed him to be. I don't think so. Right. By you, Tanner. Yeah. So I actually may surprise you guys with this one, but I'm going to say Lamar Jackson. Wow. In the aspect of. Two different, well, kind of two to three different reasons, and I'll go through these as fast as I can. So the first reason is just more question marks around Lamar Jackson from the aspect of kind of starting to look at him as a Dak Prescott in some aspects. Can he win the big game? I mean, you know, coming off the bye, this is twice. This is twice that he has had the number one seed in his career, both the MVP seasons. He had the number one seed, won the MVP, and got put out the very next game against the Titans and again this year. Okay, so that's number one. Can he win the big game? A lot of question marks that are around Lamar Jackson. And I hate to do this because, yes, he did win the MVP. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm not trying to take anything away from him when I make this point, okay? but. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that was a terrible time for me. To, I hope you can hear that in the recording. No, so <laughs> then we at least bring the discussion to the table that one of the reasons that he possibly could have won the MVP is because of how injury riddled quarterbacks were in this season. Yeah, that, that played a part. For sure. It does play a part. And I'm not taking anything away from Lamar Jackson. Okay, I'm not. Okay, but... He had a couple of stellar games, but I don't feel like he... Ha- I I look at this season from Lamar. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. With our neighbors. So, I'm sorry. I look at this season, and you may agree with me. Ben's probably not going to agree with me with this one. I look at this season as... Lamar Jackson won the MVP because there was nobody else in the conversation that you could have put him, could have yeah. put in the MVP. Patrick Mahomes 
didn't ha- he had a good season, yeah. but if his receivers could catch the ball, he would have won it over Lamar. Right. I mean, the Dak conversation. I mean, Dak was the closest one. Yeah. Dak, I'm pretty sure Dak finished number two. Okay. And legitimately, and, and I thought I think CJ Shroud was the closest until he got hurt. Yeah. Until CJ, literally yeah. CJ. Yeah. And then the only other quarterback that I feel like you could possibly put it, well, there's two. One, I'm putting his name in for how he, if he would have played the entire season like he did the end of the season, is Jordan Love. Yeah, of course. If he would have had, if he would have played the entire season like he did, you got to put Jordan Love yeah. in there. In the middle of the season, he had like a five week stretch where it was bad, and yeah. that that pretty yeah. much took him out of the running. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't at, to me. This wasn't as much of a. Lamar Jackson won the MVP from stellar performance. It was he won the MVP. Consistency. Yeah, it is a consistency thing. Yeah. So yeah. But anyway, that's my that's my downside. I agree. Yeah, it's fair. Wonder. Okay, I was actually expecting All right. that. Buffalo Bills, Bryce Spot, Tanner. Joe Barry. 100 percent Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Yeah. Joe, Joe Barry does not get a Bryce Spot. <laughs> Not to the price, not that. Joe Brady, one hundred percent. He completely transformed that Buffalo Bills offense and made Josh Allen a different quarterback. Just looking like he was a different quarterback once he became their offensive coordinator. So this one is super simple to me. It's Joe Brady, and it's not even close. What about you, Ben? Can't argue with it. I'm gonna go with sticking with my rookie tight ends from last episode. I'm gonna go with Dalton Kincaid. I'm going to be 100% honest. I was a huge fan of Dawson Knox coming into the season. I was like, yeah, they drafted this new guy. I don't really care. Dawson Knox is still the guy. And then immediately it was Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid immediately just took over and made a huge impact on this offense. And like, it it wasn't even really close. Dawson Knox was just put by the wayside pretty much. And I, I was a little bit sad at it at first, but then I was like, the dude is just better, so that's that's pretty much. Yeah, we've mentioned it before. I'll mention it again. I can't believe how good the rookie tight ends were this year yeah, across it, the NFL. Look, because tight ends a lot of times can be become really good after a few years, but you don't ever see them the rookie year be like really good. And this year there was like six of them yeah. that were really the, good. The crazy, the best one didn't even get a bright spot for his own team. Yes, so. <laughs> sorry, sorry, bro. But my bright spot for the Bills is James Cook. I had pretty high expectations for him this year and he, he met them. I mean, he, I mean, he, especially the longer the season went on, dude, he looked like an absolute baller. Like he was ready to run people over, run around people, juke people out, catch out in the backfield, whatever you want, path block, whatever you want your running back to do. He was doing it, dude, doing everything. I was going to go with that, but they just, they didn't use him. And that frustrates me. Near the the end, they used him, not in the play. Yeah. Until they got to the playoffs. Yeah. But that that Cowboys game, dude, that was yeah. ridiculous. I I've never seen an offensive line own a defensive line the way that game went. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, James Cook is a beast. I love the dark spot for the Bills. I'm gonna say Stephon Diggs here, and for for a couple different reasons. I actually really like that for a couple reasons. Stephon Diggs, he didn't have a great year for one, but it wasn't like it was disastrous. But it was not good. And I just think that his attitude is just an overall negative for the team i just think it kind of brings the team chemistry down and i just i don't like it i I really like rooting for the bills man and i want them to do well but i just i think i think stefan Dix is kind of holding them back dude i i don't i don't like it i don't like it that's my dark spot 
my dark spot for them is just off the field issues. And I'm including injuries in that, even like to Tredavious White, which yes, did oh, happen on the field. But like off the field stuff as in injuries and then just the not saying this is a negative because the fact that DeMar Hamlin survived is amazing. Like that's awesome. And the fact that he can play football, but like focusing a little bit too much on that at times, I feel like. And then also the stuff that came out at the beginning of the year about Stephon Diggs wanting a trade because him and Josh Allen just can't do it together and all this stuff. Like just, so I feel like the off the field stuff was so distracting that they really just didn't have a chance to put it all together. Including including injuries in that as well. So, Tanner, yeah. So, you guys probably aren't gonna like this one, but I'm actually gonna say Sean McDermott, and I say that to say I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm not saying anything like that. Okay, but with how this team was playing, okay, and especially how they've been playing the last couple of years. I'm not taking anything away from Josh Allen. We all know how I feel about Josh Allen. That playoff loss was not on him. Defensively, they were fantastic this year. They were a top 10 defense all year. I'm pretty sure it was either eight or nine. Somehow, I mean, they got got injuries all year long. Somehow, they were still good. Yeah, so, I mean... It's because they traded for Russell Doug. I'm saying Sean McDermott because at some point in time... You you've you've got you've got to win the big game, and I and I realize luck has a lot to do with that. You know, just in some aspects, like we've talked about and everything like that. I'm not going to bring up old conversations, but I feel like personally, to Buffalo fans, he's not for me because I'm a Sean Mc, I'm I'm a Sean McDermott fan. I like Sean McDermott, but how he handled the. The Josh Allen and the Josh Allen Stephon Diggs thing, I feel like in the offseason, he kind of added fuel into the fire with that one, with how he handled that. So I feel like how he's handled some of the off field issues and things of that nature when it between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, I just, I have a question mark for Sean McDermott, even though I like him as a coach and especially as a guy. He legitimately seems like a cool guy. Yeah. I'm just starting to question him. Can he lead his team to the big game when they have all these pieces around him? Here, here's one thing. I agree with you. I actually think he's good, but I, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying, but my biggest negative for Sean McDermott is that he is a defensive coach. Yeah. And it's really hard for a defensive coach to have success as a head coach right now, especially when you got a quarterback like Josh Allen. Whenever you have success with Josh Allen, your offensive coordinator is going to jump ship and take a head coaching job. He's he's going to keep rotating because, like, if they have a good offensive season next year, Joe Brady's going to leave, dude. Like, he, they're not they're he, they're going to keep having to rotate. And Josh Allen is not going to have a consistent offensive scheme. Like, it's going to keep changing. Yeah, and that's not good for him. Yeah. So the fact that Sean McDermott is a defensive head coach, I just think that I think that may be what holds the team back from winning a Super Bowl in the long run, like mm-hmm. because the offensive coordinator is just going to keep cycling and. That's going to be an issue. If if somehow if Joe Barry can Joe Brady can stay with the Bills, that would be best case scenario because like we all know how I've talked about you know Josh and kind of my feelings about him, but under Joe Brady, I don't feel like he made as many of the stupid mistakes that yeah. he does with that. Like it's almost like it's almost like he 
Joe Brady has kind of pulled the reins back on Josh from a decision-making point of view, he, and he's making smarter decisions. He called a lot more, like, underneath yeah. stuff, which caused the defenses to have to adjust. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, they they had to start doing that a lot because Gabe Davis was hurt pretty much the entire second half. Of which the still put up, I mean, that that makes me kind of wonder. But they didn't do. They weren't doing like any bomb shots. Basically, mm. they weren't. They didn't weren't doing it at all because yeah. they just Stephon Diggs just wasn't doing well. They gave. By the way, in that in that game against the Chiefs in the playoffs, yeah. they gave Stephon Diggs a couple of chances to make those plays, mm. and he didn't make them. Yeah, he dropped one in the end zone, right? Didn't he drop one in the end zone? Or almost in the end, end zone, zone, but it was close to the end zone. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah. But it was. Anyway, yeah. But I, I do think Joe Brady has done a really good job. I, I've always believed in Joe Brady. Yeah. Even whenever he was the offensive coordinator with the Panthers, whenever after when he and he got fired in the middle of the season, I still th- I still believed in him because like, dude, who's with the Panthers? Mm. Okay, give him a break. Okay, yeah, Panthers fire everybody. But anyway, yeah, I think Joe Brady's awesome, and I the 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 Sean McDermott dark spot thing, I mm. can see it. You know, I I understand that. Mm. Next team up, Texans. Yeah, I mean. Spot. I've got to take the easy one, guys. I'm sorry, but it's obviously CJ. I'm sorry. Like, and look, I will be the first one to say, okay, coming out of college, I was not a CJ fan. I did not like CJ coming out. I was legitimately afraid that the Titans were going to try to trade up to get CJ. I legitimately was. I did not want that to happen. So I will put myself on the chopping block here. CJ, I, I feel like every single NFL fan, okay, unless you're just a CJ fangirl, he 1000% surpassed any expectations that you possibly had for him. Oh, yeah. Anything from his play, his pocket presence, I mean, his passing ability, but more impressive to me is his leadership and off the field stuff. Mm-hmm. This guy is, he is the. When you and and when you outline what you want and you sit down and make an outline of what you want your franchise quarterback to be, he checks every single box possible. So it's it's CJ without a doubt. You were talking about him like beating expectations. I think he even beat the expectations of like his own mother. <laughs> I mean, like, even people that love him the most probably didn't expect bro, that. I'm gonna put. He surpassed, we got a Brandon Lynch congratulations, or a Brandon Lynch, I was wrong about CJ. You guys don't realize how big that is. Like, that is a big pants, that is a big podcast moment. Thanks, <laughs> No. That is a big moment. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Go ahead, right spot for the Texans. All right, Brandon, I'm taking your one that you want the most. I'm sure you have another one, but I'm taking D'Amico Ryan's the what he was able to do with like that Texans team was completely in the garbage. They were awful, and then D'Amico Ryan shows up as a head coach. He brings his coaching staff in, his offensive coordinator, his defense coordinator, the guys that he wants, and then the ownership kind of gives him control. Like, hey, do what you want to takes a rookie quarterback, rookie wide receivers, a rookie edge rusher, and literally just does... He made it to the playoffs with a team that literally we thought might win five games, like max this season. So, and he made it to the playoffs. Dude was just yeah. phenomenal, so... You didn't steal mine. Mine was going to be Bobby Slowett the whole time, the offensive coordinator. I think he was incredible this year. I mean, CJ Stroud played incredible. I'm not going to take anything away from him. He was awesome. 
But especially before, which which one got the really bad injury? Was it Nico Collins or Nico what? Collins. Okay, before Nico Collins broke his leg, that, that is what it was, right? Yeah. Bro- broken leg. Before he broke his leg, and even really after that too, but especially before that. I mean, dudes are running wide open, bro. I mean, his scheme. I mean, somebody was wide open like every play. I mean, it was it was fantastic. I mean, it was a great, great scheme. I'm so disappointed in myself. I called Nico Collins to have a great year this year, and then I didn't draft him anywhere in fantasy at all. And then dude went off. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding. It's rough. That's rough. My dark spot for the Texans. Mm, this is tough, dude. They just they blew expectations out of the water, just out of the hole, just completely. So it's it's hard to have. A dark spot, but I've got to go Damian Pierce as my dark spot. I had thought that he was going to do really well, especially with a lot of new weapons around, and he just, he wasn't good. I mean, I don't know if it was a blocking problem or if it was him, but regardless who who, who what the main problem was, Damian Pierce had a really disappointing season. I, I, I expected a lot more from him, so that's my dark spot. I'm going with Derek Stingley. Just because dude had a good season last year and then he kind of just like, oh, the offense got better and he really just didn't do much. He kind of still just got outshadowed by a lot of other corners, like not corners on his own team. I still think he's the best corner on his own team, but like he was drafted to be one of the best corners in the league. And I just I don't know if he is that. So that that would be my dark star. Tanner. So. I want to say this, this is super hard, dude, because like you guys pretty much hit the only thing that I can really think that I want to see more of is a little bit more, a little bit more pass rush. Like they have the pieces with Will Anderson and I, I just, I mean, because statistically they have like a 12, they had a top 15 defense. So their defense is like at least in the top half of the NFL. I want to see a little bit more of a pass rush because the pass rush numbers, I'm pretty sure. And from what I saw, I mean, I don't really think Will Anderson really got home a lot last year. Unless unless I missed a game where he just went ballistic or anybody else on the defensive line went ballistic that I'm just not thinking of. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I like I'm just not I'm not thinking of a game where I feel like the pass rush or the pressure of the pass rush was really a glaring sign for me so but i know the secondary the secondary was good like they got a really good secondary so the only pushback i have against that is you said they have the pieces i don't really think they have the pieces because other than will anderson their defensive line is not that good so uh, teams mostly just teed off on will anderson will anderson won defensive rookie of the year too so like he didn't do nothing so oh i wasn't trying to say he done yeah that's how that came across but who were the competitors for defensive rookie of the year which like who else was i can't really think of any defensive rookies that really did a whole lot this year yeah mostly i don't really know oh jalen carter was supposed to be but dude literally didn't even play yeah i don't know that's really all was this is this aiden hutchinson's second year Uh, yeah it was his second second. okay well never mind then Uh, i would have won rookie there if he was rookie but all right next team actually i'm not sure who the next team up is let's see here browns Bright spot, Tanner. One thousand percent their defense. I mean, I the only thing that's stopping. I feel like the only thing that's really stopping the Browns from making a Super Bowl push is the quarterback position. I mean, they they literally have everything else. Well, it, I don't know if Nick Chubb's ever going to play football again, 
But I mean, if not, I mean, if, if, which after two ACL tears, I don't know if he would ever be the same, even if he came back. So I personally feel like the only thing that they're missing is a quarterback position because that defense is just lights out. Like, that, I think the receiving core is weak too. You think they're receiving? Yeah, I, I think Amari Cooper is a little overrated. And other than Amari Cooper, they don't have anybody. They don't. I thought Amari Cooper was overrated, and then Bro just went off this yeah. year. So, yeah, I mean, I, but even if Amari Cooper, if you need to, even if you think he is great, like they they don't have any other receiver. Yeah. It's just him. Well, and we all know. Well, okay, I'll save that for down because I know somebody. You're probably going to take my downside, so I'm. Oh, yeah, no, Ben. Joe Flacco is the easiest one. I mean, they literally just signed the dude, and dude came in, led them to the playoffs, and just balled out. Which. He did not ball out in the playoffs, but that's besides the point. Um, he balled out in the regular season after literally being signed to their team in the middle of the season. And yeah, no one had any expectations for them after Deshaun Watson being out, Nate Chubb being out. And then Joe Flacco just steps in and is like, oh, hey, guys, I'm going to lead quarterback again. And Amari Cooper is that dude. So I'm just going to throw it to him every single time and he's going to catch it. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah, so my bright spot. I could go with Amari Cooper, but I'm a, I'm gonna go with David and Joku instead. David and Joku, I mean, dude, I mean, he showed some things this year that we just haven't seen from him before, and like he looked like he could be like a legit like like offense leading kind of tight end, like really, really making big plays, big yards, big touchdowns, big contested catches, just just a bunch of big time plays. Thought he had a really, really great season. My dark spot, I'm going to go Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's pretty obvious. And I want to make it clear to everybody. My dark spot for Deshaun Watson, it has nothing to do with like the massage stuff and like all that stuff, that, all that chaos, all the drama stuff. It has nothing to do with that. I don't care. I really don't. I Can you play football or can you not? Okay. I mean, that's what I care about. And, but my the reason why he's a dark spot is he doesn't want to play football. He got that. Record-breaking contract, just a, a terrible, terrible contract for the team. Just the world's worst, and he just does. He doesn't want to play football. He doesn't want to play. That's the problem. And I just don't want any part of him. He's just he's not all. And let me make this clear to everybody. I'm about to make a big statement here. Not only is Deshaun Watson the dark spot for the Browns this year, Deshaun Watson was the dark spot for the NFL this year. Period. The entire NFL dark spot. Screw Deshaun Watson. All right, Ben. All right. I don't know if I. I don't know if I agree with. What's going to top that? What's going to top that, Tanner? He doesn't want to play football. He he broke the record for the contract. He doesn't even want to play. I agree. I I agree. There's there's got to be something that I'm not. There's got to be something that I'm not. I don't know. Honestly, (laughs) but my dark spot is pretty easy. I'm going with Nick Chubb. I mean, that injury injury was just absolutely devastating. Dude was projected to be one of if not the top producing running back this year and he probably would have been honestly and then like what second or third game into the season I feel like it may have been a little later than that but it it was relatively early it was early in the season I mean and the Browns actually had a pretty good record at that point I'm still I'm pretty sure too so they were like projected to do good and then just immediately watching the video was just super gross. I would not advise it. Like, his knee bent in a way that no human being's knee should ever be even capable of bending. Even with that much force on it, your knee should not bend like that. But, yeah, just... 
I mean, that injury was just devastating, especially since he's already had a knee injury. And like Tanner said, it like it legitimately could be the end of his career. And if that's how his career ends, it it's so sad because I don't even I don't like the Browns at all. Like even more than a typical fan, because most people don't care about them because they're so trash every year. But I actually don't like them even more than that. But I did like Nick Chubb. I thought Nick Chubb was awesome. And dude, just I mean, he might never play football again. So that's really sad. That's it. All right, Tanner. Yeah. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Browns running back room and the aspect if Nick Chubb can't come back, let's say he can't come. Back, okay. That leaves them with Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford is probably going to be starting for them and running back next year because I don't, I don't know if they'll bring Kareem Hunt back. Yeah, he's a free agent. So I don't. It's literally Jerome Ford. So and I don't know. You, you Jerome Ford's good. Like I, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't believe in Jerome Ford. I'm just saying another reason that I'm saying their running back room is as long as Deshaun Watson is the quarterback they're not going to get the most out of Jerome Ford because the offense is going to run through Deshaun Watson. So I it's just a little me feeling for their running back room. And I'm not saying I don't believe in Jerome Ford, but I mean, I think this is a little unfair to Jerome Ford. I, I don't, I don't think he should be having that kind of expectation anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's that kind of guy. Like yeah. I, like he's, he's a backup running back, you know, like I don't, I don't think anybody should ever rely on him as a starter. I don't think he's that kind of guy. But, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I th- you, you mentioned something about Kareem Hunt. It just made me think. He's he's going to be free agent. I would love for the Packers to sign a Kareem Hunt, dude. I would love it. Because we're, we're losing A.J. Dillon. We're probably going to... He is for sure leaving? A.J. Dillon? I mean, it's not for sure, but it doesn't make any sense for them to re-sign him. I mean, his contract's up. It's over. Yeah. So, but anyway... We're gonna draft some kind of rookie mid round running back this year. I would round no <laughs> but but I, I I really would love to have somebody like Kareem Hunt just to step in for Aaron Jones if Aaron Jones is struggling with an injury or just to give him a breather. Because I I don't want a pounded out kind of running back. I don't I don't want an AJ Dillon. I, I just don't think that fits the offensive scheme. We don't need one of those. Yeah, Kareem Hunt is like a perfect like you put Kareem Hunt in for Aaron Jones, the offense stays exactly the same. Like you don't have to change anything; just it stays the same. Because mm. Kareem Hunt is that kind of running back. He's, yeah. he's very similar to Aaron Jones. He's a little bigger than Aaron Jones, but I, I felt like that's a good fit. But I would love that. But anyway, uh, we need to move on. Next team up: Dolphins. Tanner, bright spot. My bright spot. My bright spot is Mike McDaniel. This entire season just made me completely fall in love with Mike McDaniel as a coach. Like that guy in every aspect. I mean, he is. I would say him and Mike Tomlin are the two coaches that if I literally got to pick a team that I would want to play for, it would be one of those two. It would be Mike McDaniel or it would be Mike Tomlin. Either one of them. I love him as a coach. I love him as a motivator. I love his offensive mind. You you just like the mics, bro. I, I must just have a thing for Mike. Even so. Mike McCarthy, you know, you just like him all. Apparently, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> I would. I would say Mike McDaniel personally, because I don't feel like. Wow, well, there's one that I definitely should have said that I just. Well, Ben's. I just. Yeah. yeah, I just put it on a T. Yeah, I just put it on a T. I, I already accepted it. I wasn't getting that one. I already put it on a T for Ben. Go ahead. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> I mean, the MVP 
should should have been the MVP of this season, Tyree Kim. Oh, wow. That's I, not that's what I, I he just He just put it on the team for you, bro. Okay. I mean, Go ahead. I get it. But, like, Tyree Kill season this year, dude, insane. was just, mm-hmm. like, that dude continues to get better somehow. And guys like that should, I mean, that's just not something you see. Like, an elite receiver that has already made it to the top, normally they don't just continue to get better. And that dude, there, there isn't any guard again. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Even if you double him, he can cook your double team just because he's that fast. Yeah. Like, you just and he's so precise him. too. Like, dude is elite. It, yeah, and absolutely, it's crazy. I don't know what you're supposed to do to stop him. I really don't. My bright spot. Look, the way uh, I, I want to prefix this, the way I look at bright spots for the most part is that what something that caught my eye. That I was wasn't expecting to be paying attention to, and that's that's Devon A. Chain. I mean, holy cow, dude! That dude. I mean, the scheme is perfect for him. Okay, let's be honest; it's a perfect scheme fit. But dude, nobody should be expecting like every time the dude touches the ball, we're we're thinking it's a forty yard touchdown every time. I mean, that's crazy in the NFL. Like people don't even do that in college football, and he was doing that in the NFL. Like he looked like high school, like elite high school running backs. That's what he looked like out there. That's what elite high school runbacks do in high school. Like they just every time they touch the ball, it's a fifty yard touchdown, and that's what Devon A. Chan was doing in the NFL. That is crazy. I do also want to give Raheem Mostert praise. Raheem Mostert played awesome too, but dude, A. Chain doing some crazy stuff. All right, dark spots. My dark spot. I'm going to a. I mean, holy cow, dude. I Tua. I, I've never been high on Tua, but man, this year, this year was rough. This was his worst season. This was not an injury-riddled season. This was not an injury season. This was just Tua not being good at football season. I mean, it was just that's the, that was the issue. I always thought the Tua's biggest downfall was going to be injuries, but this season it wasn't injuries. It was just he's not good at football. At least he wasn't this year, and it was a problem. All right, Ben, what's your dark spot? I'm just going to take a moment to savor that a little bit. Tua's not a good quarterback. I've been trying to say that. Anyways, my dark spot is the, what's that one dude that was like a safety from the Rams or something like that? (laughs) Shout out to one of the very first episodes. Go lay in the road, bro. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Tanner thought thought Jalen Ramsey was a safety. I'm going to go with the Jalen Ramsey trade just in general because dude literally didn't play football for them. So it was like, hey, we got an elite guy like, He's going to help our defense, and then dude got hurt and just didn't play. So, yeah, I agree. Tana, dark spot. Yeah, so my dark spot is Jalen Waddle because, I mean, he's electric, bro. Literally, that that one-two punch when healthy is the best one-two punch in the entire NFL by far. If we're talking from electricity to playmaking at the receiver it's position, T. Higgins is. Uh, is I would still put Tyreek and Jalen. I would still, put, but that's just me personally. I would still put Tyreek and Jalen over over them, just okay. because of the ele- just because of the electricity factor. Like they can't. I mean, you can literally turn a, a three yard slant route and take it to the. Oh, it's like it, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, so. But I say the dark side from the aspect of he can't stay on the field. Like, he he may be one of the most... Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'll save that for later. But 
I was about to say he may be one of the most injury-riddled receivers in the NFL, but we all know where I'm going with that. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like just the we, can't... we got a lot more teams to get through yeah. before we get down to that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, man, I'll 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 leave it at that. Like he just you can't he's electric when he's on the field, but you just can't rely on him because he can't stay healthy. So fair. All right. Next team up, the Steelers. Tanner, right spot. Kenny Pickett, by far. No, 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 no. Uh, anyway, realistically, it's Mike Tomlin, 100%. This is, this, in my opinion, was the best coach season for the Steelers that he's 100%. With the pieces that he's had around him, especially one of the worst offenses in the entire NFL, and have his, have that streak extended, it's one of the best examples of coaching that you're ever going to see in the NFL. So, in my personal opinion, it's Mike Tomlin, 100%. Okay. All right, Ben, what about you? I'm going to go with the should-have-been defensive player of the year that single-handedly carried this team for most of the time, and T.J. Watt. Dude literally is just an animal. Like, there's no other way to put it. That dude, like, teams know that they have to double him, and it still just doesn't matter, which, granted, he does have a lot of help on the defensive line and Cam Hayward and I forget the other edge rusher that they have. I don't, I, I don't know why I can't think of that, but they have another good edge rusher as well. So, like, those three combined on the defensive line, like, good luck blocking all of them. But even still, you have to produce with that. Dude has just his motor every single game. He's not one of these guys that's like, oh, I made it, I can just take a step back for a little bit. Like, I've already made my money. No, dude is still just on it every game. If you ask team, like, quarterbacks which guy they don't want to play against, it's T.J. Watt. I can guarantee you that. Like, I would be terrified to play against T.J. Watt as a quarterback. So, yeah, I can't argue that at all. My price spot is going to be Jalen Warren. I think for the good majority of the season, he looked better than Najee Harris pretty much the whole time. Their their postseason game, I don't even remember who they played against. Who the Steelers play against? The Bills? Bills. This the stats from this game pretty much sums up the entire season. Okay, for Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. Najee Harris, twelve attempts for thirty seven yards. Okay. That's not terrible. It's just it's okay. It's three point zero eight yards a carry. Okay. It's not not good, but it's not like a disaster. Jalen Warren, eight carries for thirty eight yards. Less carries, more yards for a 4.75 average yards per carry. That pretty much sums up exactly how the entire season went right there. And I, he just, he was a little fireball, man. And he looked awesome out there. He was really explosive. So I, he, he has to get my bright spot. My dark spot, man. I, I don't even want to just say Kenny Pickett. I, I want to say quarterbacking as a whole. I just think every quarterback that they put in was a problem. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. I don't remember his name. No, you can't take him. You already said quarterbacks. Okay, I'll let Ben have him. I actually do remember his name now. Um, his last name is a certain country. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'll stick with the quarterbacks. The quarterback play, now, I do think they may have a, something to do with the guy that Ben's going to list. But I'll stick with the quarterback play. It was not good. They never got any kind of flow. The offensive line also was an issue that probably hurt the quarterbacks as well. But I'll stick with the quarterback play as my dark spot. 
Matt Canada. That that's who you're going for. Matt Canada sucks. I actually still believe in Kenny Pickett. Matt Canada is I I don't know how he kept a job for two years. Dude was the offensive equivalent and even worse than Joe Barry. <laughs> like dude was the offense equivalent of that and even worse somehow and kept a job for two years. Like the only reason he did was because Mike Tomlin somehow finishes with a winning record every single season. So they couldn't really fire him after a winning season. But then they fired him mid year this year. And the very next game is their first 400 yard game since he's been hired. So like, I mean, the dude was just absolute garbage. That's all I have to say. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm going to say I'm going to take a broader approach to that and say the Steelers' ownership and the general Whoa. the general manager, the Dang. general manager oh. perspective. You're going to so, yeah, so I'm saying that from an aspect of looking at the season and then looking at news that I've seen about the Steelers is I say not as much the ownership as I look from the general manager perspective because – I don't, I do not understand the, I completely am in a different mindset than Ben is. I don't understand how much more you have to see from Kenny Pickett to realize he's not the guy. And it's the, it's the, like, the, what is the word that, like, when you want to stand by somebody, like, just the blind faith that they have in this guy. Like, I don't under, like, I don't understand it. I'll give you, I'll give you the offensive line, okay? Yes, the offensive line was not good, okay? Najee Harris has even not exceeded the expectations that I had from Najee Harris, okay? But if you're talking about receiving cores, like the Steelers is, the Steelers are, I don't know what they do. They pump out the best receivers. Just, I, I don't understand how they do it, man. So the receiving core that is around this guy and I'm sorry, this is just my personal opinion. You literally put Mason Rudolph in that exact same offense that Kenny Pickett was under. Mason Rudolph looked better than Kenny Pickett. I'm sorry. He did. It was a different offensive Okay. It was a different offensive coordinator. Time. Okay. Let me go, go. It was a different offensive coordinator. Okay. But I look at, and here's my thing. Okay. Yes. If you want to, if you want to talk offensive coordinators, you want to talk things of that nature. Okay. Yes. We can bring that conversation to the table. Okay. But I'm using this as an example because I feel like this is one of the best examples that I can give. Okay. Is let's take a step back and look at the Will Levis situation. Okay. Not good receiver. Literally, you can make an argument about Chris Moore. DeAndre Hopkins was by far the best receiver that he had. And we have an aging DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Traylon Burks was way under expectations. Okay. Nick Westbrook-Hakine. There's talks of him not even being on the team next year. Okay. One of the worst offensive lines. Okay. But we still saw enough of him while he was playing to know this guy is an NFL quarterback. His pocket presence, the passes that he's throwing. Did he miss some passes? Yes, of course that he missed some passes. He's a rookie. Okay. But he also made enough plays to where you can take a step back and realize this is your guy. Kenny Pickett has not done that. I'm sorry. My, Kenny my Pickett has not done that. that. Would be now. I'm not. I'm not in love with Kenny Pickett like Ben is. But my argument against what you're saying is would be that Kenny Pickett 
is not the same style of quarterback of Will Levis. Will Levis is the style of quarterback that even if the play calling is bad, he can still make big time plays. And and that's why I said I'm using Will Levis as an example yeah. because it's pro- one of the best. And two, he's the first name that jumped out, and I couldn't think of another guy to compare him to. Right. But I was comparing it's, situations. Kenny Pickett okay. is more of an in-structure type of quarterback. Yeah. He's not going to go out of his way to make crazy big plays. Yeah. Now, a lot of Bull Evans' best plays were not out of structure. Mm-hmm. He he stayed in structure a lot, yep. Yep. which is really good. But the, Kenny Pickett's not the kind of guy that if the, call is, if the play call is really bad, that he could just make a play by himself. He's not that kind of player. And two, to, and one more thing, one more thing. The reason that I said ownership was there's literally talks of them not even taking a quarterback and staying with Kenny Pickett next year. Well, all right. Like, I, the Steelers are picking so late in the night that yeah. there's not any good quarterback mm-hmm. they can pick there. So I don't blame them. I don't, but I don't know. Okay. I don't go, know. Go ahead. Go ahead ben. Mason Rudolph, different offensive coordinator completely. And can we stop acting like Mason Rudolph was some kind of goat when he stepped in? He still looks like absolute garbage. I'm not saying. And that. then their receiving core is not what it should be. Deontay Johnson was hurt for most of the season. George Pickens is a great, like, fancy catch receiver. I don't think he's actually that good of a receiver. I think he could be, but I think he tries to make everything too difficult. Name one other receiver on their team. I know they have the speedster dude, but he hasn't done anything. So Kenny Pickett has the worst offensive line in the league. No, I thought no. it's worse. I will time. fight you. All right. that. No, <laughs> I will fight the Giants' offensive line is worse than with injuries. With injuries, maybe, but dude, they haven't been able to get their offensive line figured out ever. Their stu- their offensive line has been trashed for six years in a row now. And then the, Najee Harris was no help in the running game. Jalen Warren was a little bit of a help. So can we stop acting like he had all of these elite pieces around him and he just sucks and he failed as a quarterback? Like, I, I'm i not even willing to say that Kenny Pickett is some kind of an elite quarterback. We haven't got to see Kenny Pickett play football. He has not had an elite receiving core or like a res- elite weapon ever behind a trash offensive line and the worst offense coordinator in the league. So like we have not got to see what Kenny Pickett can do. I I, I actually agree with everything you're saying, but I will ask you this question. What, I think you will agree with me on this. Don't you think between if you're if you're comparing Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell, who who I think maybe you're right about they both deserve another chance. Which one deserves the chance to be a starting quarterback next year more? Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell? That shouldn't even be. A yeah, honestly, like that's a tough question, honestly, and. I, I, the the only reason I say that, Sam Howe actually, like, his offensive line still sucks, and he was the most sacked quarterback in the league this year. So I will give him that as well. Sam Howe actually at least has legit weapons around him, and Kenny Pickett doesn't. I'm sorry, bro. I 100% believe the only reason you're saying that is to save your argument and not agree with Brandon. (laughs) With how you have been on his wiener all of your long, and now you're saying you don't know if if he deserves a starting spot over Kenny Pick. I said they both do. Bro, but he said that Sam Howe deserve it over Kenny Pickett. They're not on the same team. Right, but I'm saying which one deserves deserves another chance? All right, hold on. If... If the Steelers went out and traded for Zach Wilson, Sam Howell, and Kenny Pickett, 
and kept this same exact thing how they do all through your track. Completely disregarding this question, but oh, you are actually, not answering. Actually, I actually answer. like what you just said. Next next year, let's say let's say next year. Yeah, they trade for Zach Wilson and Sam Howell and keep Kenny Pickett. Who's the starting quarterback? I I honestly don't know. Like I really don't. He is doing everything not to answer hey, your question. Here, here's my answer. He is doing everything. Here's here's my honest answer. All three of them would start because I just don't think they have the offensive capability to be good. So they'd be like, start whoever you want. Oh, they're trash. Let's start the other guy. Oh, they're trash. Let's start the other guy. They're trash. But all three of those guys, like, they have potential to be good, but we can't, we haven't watched them play. See, but unless, but my only thing to that argument is, dude, it was never a conversation with Sam Howell of, unless I'm not remembering something, was it ever a conversation? Of bitching Sam Howell for somebody else? No, but there wasn't for Kenny Pickett either until after he got hurt. Yeah, they, the, the, Tomlin did say that Kenny Pickett was the guy the whole time. He yeah. was never wavering on that. So Ben's right on that. But this this conversation has got me wishing that we had like a larger following for like Twitter and stuff like yeah. that. I would love to have a poll question up. Who would you want to have as your starting quarterback between these three? Zach Wilson? They're like 90% to 10, bro. No, no, all three of them. Zach Wilson, Sam Howell, and Kenny Pickett. I would love to see what the numbers showed up on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Sam Howell would win it. If I think we would ever get video, we could do that. Well, we would need we would need more followers for it to be worthwhile. Well, we're not going to get more followers. Wait, wait post it on Instagram. We can do the little, like, clip thing of yeah. having to, You can do that on Instagram, but, but it's just, it won't be. I don't want to, I don't want there to be five votes, you know, like it, it won't be worth it enough. You, you Those would set, be five votes that we would appreciate. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you can set it up as percentages. That's <laughs> strict. It would be like 80% to 20%. It was because it was only five votes yeah. and four of them voted for Sam Howell. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right, we need to move on. Next team up, Bengals. Oh, wait, I didn't even get my dark spot, did I? No. Oh, yeah, we did. We went through. Yeah, we're good. Oh, yeah. Bright spot for the Bengals, Tanner. I I got to say the resurgence of T. Higgins with how he started the season because he played. You're talking about like the last four weeks. Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah. I've got to say probably T. Higgins. I mean, with how he ended the season and, and started the season, I mean, he he definitely got it going. He definitely got it going at the end of the season. I still have a lot of question marks about T. Higgins. That's just me personally. Do I think he's worth the contract he's probably going to be given? I don't know if I believe that. But that that's just me personally. Right. I'm more of a longevity guy. Like, what have you done long term? Not just like a short term. I think. I, here's the way I think um, you should think about T. Higgins, man. Because I and the only reason that I say that, well, no, the Bengals, the Bengals tagged him, so he's not going on site. No, that's not official yet. It. I that's heard, not official. I heard. I heard that they that they are intending to tag him. Okay. Um, which a lot of times it almost always ends up happening if that's what they say. But I have also. Since that, I have heard T. Higgins talking about joining the Titans and saying that he would really like to. I, I've heard him say that since the rumors yeah. that they're going to put the tag on him. So it seems like T. Higgins, T. Higgins is basically begging the Bengals to let him out. And well, it, he's from he's from Nashville too. No, he's no, from, he's from he's from where is he at? In front of, he's from Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Okay, yeah, I knew it was Tennessee. I thought it was yeah. Nashville. Yeah, I just don't. And my thing is, 
it it's not it's not that I don't like T. Higgins. I know he's explosive. I know that he's a big playmaker. I know he's like I get all of the attributes. Okay, my thing is I don't know if he's worth the contract that Titans will end up paying him. That's my thing. I usually, dude, you you already know this. I'm usually completely on board with you on that when it comes to receivers. Yeah, but the Titans have so much cap space this year, and just so non-existent of receivers that I think in this particular situation it may be worth it. Why? Why do they have a lot of cap space and no receivers? I mean, I I don't know where you're going with this. Because uh, they traded AJ Brown, so they didn't have to pay him. Is that I'm pretty sure that's the reason? Yes, but they won't be paying T. Higgins what AJ Brown got paid by the Eagles. Yeah, that won't be happening. I just want to. But here's what I think. Here's how I think you should think about T. Higgins. I think you think of T. Higgins and think, "Wow, I just completely blank right wide receiver for the Buccaneers, Mike Evans." Mike, you think Mike Evans, but faster. That's what. That's the way I think of T. Higgins. T. Higgins is a Mike Evans style receiver, but just more speed. That's what T. Higgins is. I don't know. I, I don't know why you disagree with that, dude. Contested catches, he is at the same level as my. And I get it. And that would be that would be amazing to pair a guy like Perfect. that with Will Levis. Like with yeah. the arm that he's got, the deep shots. Like, I get it. I just. And it, it obviously much younger, Mike Evans. Yeah, m- much younger, obviously. Yeah. How old is T. Higgins? Late 20? No, no mid 25. No, he he may not even be 25 yet. I think he's 20. He's that young. Yeah, I thought he was at he's, least maybe he, 26. This year, he was still on his rookie contract. And he didn't even play four years in college. He plays three years. Like 20. No, he only played three okay. years in college, and he was still on rookie contract this year. And when I say the late 20s, that's the, like 20. I was talking like 24. He might be 25, maybe. I don't, I don't think he's 26. He could be 25. Yeah. And my thing, and I'm not, I'm not saying I don't want T. Higgins. Let me preface that. I'm not saying that I don't want T. Higgins. What I'm saying is, I want T. Higgins, but I'm very cautious about the contract that they would end up giving T. Higgins. He's 25. Like just because you have the cap space, be smart about the cap space. That and here's the thing: like there's so many pieces that this team needs. You're right about all that, but I think because of T. Higgins wanting to play for the Titans, I don't think that they, I don't think he would be asking for the world. Mm -hmm. I think it would be reasonable. Would it be a little bit above market value, maybe? But I don't think it would be. I don't think it would blow it out of the water. Okay, I I think he would be reasonable with it because I do think he really does want to play for the Titans. Mm -hmm. I I do think that's what he wants. Anyway, what you got, Ben? Bright spot. Bingle. I'm going with their backup quarterback, Jake Browning. Wow. And the reason I say that is because whenever Joe Burrow went out, I was like, oh, okay, their season is absolutely over. Like, now granted, they still didn't make the playoffs, but I thought Jake Browning looked really good in the time that he had. He he has kept himself in the NFL. Will he ever be a starter without other injuries? Probably not even if he goes to other teams and stuff. But he did well enough that he will always have a backup position in the NFL. Yes, I so agree with that. He, he made a lot of money for himself, and he he played good while he was in there. So My bright spot is Joe Mixon. I have always been down on Joe Mixon. I've always thought he was overrated. But this year, dude, he really played really well. I don't even know what his stats are, but when I was just watching him play, he just looked that he looked faster, he looked stronger, he looked like he was playing harder, like he looked like a really good running back this year. And I've got to give him give him my price, but my dark spot, man, I I gotta go Joe Burrow injury. You know, 
dude, what's up with Joe Burrow's thumb, dude? Th- this, I mean, it may be really bad. Like it, this may be like career. I thought it was his wrist. Was it? No, it's his thumb. It's his thumb. I'm pretty sure. Nah, what? I thought so it was a ligament. It, wrist. it was a ligament. It may be a wrist. wrist that connects the wrist. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it sounds really bad. Like it sounds like something that could bother him his entire career, and that's that's scary. Because I want Joe Burrow to have a great career, but if if this ends up being something that alters, I could win our bet. It, it could be bad. Now, Tua's got a lot. I could win our bet. He's got a, even if Joe Burrow didn't play at all next year and Tua played the whole season, he probably still wouldn't catch him. I don't know. We got we got we got to look at our statistics for yeah. that and see. But anyway, yeah, I, that that thumb injury, man, it scares me. That scares me a lot. Yeah, it scares me. I'm going to kind of go with the same injury, but I'm going to go with it more from a front office perspective. Like, I get protecting your guy and, like, you don't want all this injury news out there and you don't want to be saying negative things about your quarterback, like, especially with injuries and stuff. No one knows. Like, first of all, no one even knew that he was hurt going into the game. and then. Everyone was talking about his calf at the beginning of the season, and then he finally got good with his calf, and then he showed up with a brace on, which no one even really talked about. They were just like, that's weird. Like, that's not in the injury report at all, and then comes out and completely tears something. Like, he can't even hold on to a football, much less throw it, and uh, like... And even still now, we still don't know what happened. Like, yeah. there, there's just no news about it at all. It's just like everyone expects him to come back next season to be perfectly fine, but we we don't know. Like, he might not be perfectly fine next season. We have no clue. Like, I really, I don't know what's up with the injury at all, and that's on a coaching and organization stuff. So that's where I would go. Okay. Dark spot, Tanner. So dark spot, I've got to say the pass blocking in the offensive line. I mean, after the Super Bowl, it was said that they put like all this money into their offensive line and how it may be a little bit better. Their offensive line is still atrocious. And when you've got a guy like Joe Burrow back there, I mean, yeah, y'all may not agree with this, but I mean, I, I don't care how tough you are. You cannot take beings like he's taken his career so far long term. Like you just, you are taking the risk of taking years off of your franchise quarterback's career. I think they already have. Dude, like, look at what happened with Andrew Luck. I mean, let's be honest. Like, so they have got to get that figured out because their offensive line, especially their guards, their guards, from a statistical standpoint, their, their guards are where the problem's at from a statistical standpoint. So, yeah, like I just, good. their pass blocking is atrocious. Not good. Yeah. All right. That was the top half of AFC teams. We're going to start the bottom half now. This bottom half, we're going to have to go at a quicker pace. Okay. Jaguars, bright spot, Tanner. I legitimately don't even know if I have a bright spot. But I'm not even being sarcastic either. Maybe ETN. He looked good. Shifty. Okay. okay. Yep. I'll probably have to give it to him. Personally, that's literally the only person that I can give a bright spot to off the top of my head. I'm not even going to lie. I've got a bunch of negatives, though. Y'all want me to go? No. It's whole, all right. Okay. Bright spot, Jaguars. I'm going with Calvin Ridley. The, seeing him play football again was good. 
And I know there is a bunch of postseason hype about like, oh my God, look at him run these routes. He might be the best receiver in the NFL still. I never bought that for a second. I actually didn't have that high expectations for Calvin Ridley. I was like, he's basically had two years off at this point. And he came back, he played football, and he looked good while he was doing it. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Yep. I'm going to give Bryce Bott. I, I could go Josh Allen, pass rusher, but that would be like my Kentucky homer talking. But I'm going to go with the most quiet, really good season ever by Evan Ingram as my bright spot. I thought about it. <laughs> he missed 1,000 yards receiving from a tight end spot by 37 yards. He needed 37 more yards for 1,000 yards. Which is insane. That's crazy. That's so crazy. I mean, holy cow. So crazy. I mean, and nobody talked about Evan Ingram the entire year. Yeah. Nobody. Nothing. I don't even remember watching a play. I don't remember any plays. It's crazy. But, I mean, holy cow. I mean, I thought about it. Dude did good. Great job, Evan Ingram. I mean, nobody recognized it, but great job. I'm recognizing it now. Dark spot for the Jaguars. Man, I, it, 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 it is difficult because I can't pinpoint really what went wrong for them. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say defense as a whole. I thought that defense was going to be pretty good this year. I think everybody thought it was at least going to be above average. But by the end of the season this year, they were the worst defense in the NFL. They were dead last. But I don't know about the beginning of the season, but by the time we got to the end, they were the worst defense. I'd say the Eagles was worse. I know. The, the Jaguars were worse. The Eagles were the most disappointing. But the Jaguars, because the Eagles were expected to be like the best. Mm. But the Jaguars, they were expected to be pretty good. But they were the worst defense in the NFL by the end of the season. It, if you wanted to score a touchdown, you were going to score a touchdown. I mean, it, they were so, so bad. It was ridiculous. Ben, dark spot. Jaguar, go. Trevor Lawrence red zone efficiency. Oh, that that's pretty pretty you're, much it. What did you think? Dude looked good and then got to the red zone and then just decided that he was going to chuck the ball out of the back of the end zone every single time. Like yeah. I don't know what he was doing, but it's just <laughs> it was just bad. It was really bad. Every game too. Every game it was crazy. Tanner, dark spot. Keep it short, please. I mean, I'm just gonna echo what I'm gonna echo what Ben said. I just can't do. That. I'm sorry, man. Just Trevor. Dude. Just Trevor Lawrence. Like, I just don't, I'm not a believer. Like, I'm just not. Like, he has not, I, I feel like, I feel like everybody, bro, I feel like everybody is living off what he done at Clemson, his hair, and the playoff run that they had last year, which <laughs> it's more than just, I, I, I do not believe in Trevor Lawrence. Like, CJ, CJ and the Texans. Scare me five times more than the Jaguars do with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. I'm not joking, and I'm talking a lo- I'm talking long term in the future. That Texans team scares me five times more than the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. Okay, okay, I'm not gonna argue too much against you there. Pumpkin pie. All right, this one's gonna be a little difficult. Colts, bright spot. What you got, Tanner? Actually, yeah, it may not be that difficult. No, I'm going to say Gardner Michiana. He is the only reason that the Colts, he is the only reason, nine and eight record, that the Colts finished with a winning with nine, with a winning record and yeah. were even in a playoff conversation. Go, Ben. Yeah. All right. I had another one, but I can't even remember what it was, but I was going to go with this one anyways. Michael Pittman quietly had a really good season when he so. almost got, before he almost got killed. And yeah. And 
I like Michael Pittman a lot, so it was good to just watch him have a productive season with a quarterback that can throw the ball. Might not be the same next year. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. What, dude? This is tough for me, dude. Ah. I don't really have anything good to say about the Colts. It's harder than it looks, ain't it? <laughs> Was Rodrigo Blankenship still on the Colts this year? No, they cut him. Dead gummies. They cut him. I don't have anything good to say. I gotta come up with something here. I, what was their head coach's name? Was that, that wasn't Steichen, was it? Uh, uh damn. It might have been. Hold on. The offensive coordinator from the Eagles. Yeah, it was Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen. Steichen yeah. I, I gotta give him credit too. I, I agree with you. I think it was mostly Gardner Minshew. Yeah. But we gotta give Steichen some credit too for putting those pieces together. He didn't have Jonathan Taylor a lot of the time as well. And he still put the pieces together enough to be productive on offense to win games. By the way, I, I was just looking at this. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this as a negative. I, I'm gonna do this as my dark spot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Even with Jonathan Taylor, like they didn't have like really any production like running the ball for the most part of the season. Did you guys know that Anthony Richardson was forced? On the entire team in rushing yards this year, Anthony Richardson was number four. I didn't know that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Bro. He he played two games. He played two games. Anthony Richardson had 136 rushing yards, and he was fourth on the team. That's insane. That's crazy. Uh, Zach Moss had 794. Jonathan Taylor had 741, and Trey Sermon had 160. So other than Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, that was just non-existent. There was just nothing there. That's crazy. Sure. Anyway. Ben, dark spot with the Colts. I'm going Anthony Richardson, and the reason I'm going with that is because they drafted him like with the upside potential, knowing the risk of him getting injured. And dude played three games and was hurt in every single one of them. Like I did he even finish the first game? I don't even think he finished. I don't know. I don't think he finished a game. Like the whole season. Like played start to finish the whole game. But in an entire season. And that's as a rookie. Like, dude hasn't even taken extended amount of shots yet. Yep. And he already can't stay healthy. So that's super worrying if you're an Indianapolis Colts fan. Tanner, dark spot for the Colts. Yeah, bro. Front office, 100%. They should have, just from the Anthony Richardson decision, extending Jonathan Taylor, which I know they were not going to obviously let Jonathan Taylor go, but... I was really I just I you would have been better off getting Jonathan. I, I feel like the decision to extend Jonathan Taylor and especially drafting Anthony Richardson has made them not a contender for years to come, especially Anthony Richardson. Yeah. So I mean, just a front office for those things. Go along with that and the draft last year, because I'm obviously a huge Will Levis fan and I don't like the Colts. I was terrified the Colts were taking Will Levis. I, I was terrified. I, I did not want him to go to the Colts, but thankfully they didn't. And then I think they made a really bad mistake taking Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Next team up. Raiders. Bright spot. Oh God. Are there any? Max Crosby. Okay. Yeah, he's a freaking beast. I mean, there's not really much else to say. He is literally. The lifeline of that entire defense. It's got to be Max Crosby for me. I'm trying to speed things up. Go ahead, Ben. Okay, Ben. 
Mine would be Antonio Pierce. Dude did a great job of getting the team fired up and ready to play and earned himself a head coaching job because of it. So that that would be my breakdown. Yeah. That's what I wanted to go with was Antonio Pierce. But I'll go with Josh Jacobs. It's another running back that I w- I've always been down on. But even in this crazy year for the Raiders where there just wasn't any expectations and really, I mean, somehow they ended up with a decent record. But just, this just was not a good roster, man. And Josh Jacobs still did well. He produced and did a good job. So I, I got to give him my bright spot. A dark spot, my dark spot for the Raiders, I'm going to kind of go the way that Tanner goes. It's just general ownership and the way that the organization is ran. I just think it's, they're never going to be a really good team as long as that ownership is, stays the same as it is right now. I just don't believe in them. I don't, I don't think that they make good decisions. I don't know. I, I just don't, I just don't think that organization has ran well at all. There, I think Las Vegas, I think being in Las Vegas is, was a really good move. I, the stadium is beautiful. I, I think all that is really good. But as far as running the team, like building the roster, hiring the coaching staff, all of those things, I think they're really bad at. So that's the, my, my biggest dark spot for the Raiders this past year. That's what I was going to go with. And instead, this hurts my soul a little bit. But I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. Dude, dude, just dang it. He was I mean, good, but not yeah, not great. They didn't have a quarterback to get him the ball, let's be honest. And then everything happening outside of the stadium super distracting. But then he didn't help with that, saying that, like, dude, if you don't throw me the ball, I can't do anything, which is true. But, like, handle that business privately. You don't need to publicly go out about that. Right. So that that's that's all. I, I agree with that. I'm giving Devontae a special shout out because I drafted him in the second round of fantasy and I might as well drafted him in the seventh round. So he gets a special shout out for me. But I'm gonna have to say Jim I'm gonna have to say Jimmy Garoppolo, man. Like he's just he's not the guy. By the way, I want to put out your fantasy draft. Did you draft Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams one two? Is that- no, I drafted Tony Pollard and Devontae one and two. And and, and, and then Cameron Jones and then Aaron Jones. Like it's a wonder I was not. I, I don't know how I was at the moment. I how, really don't. How does my team work? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. That's crazy. But yeah, literally my first three picks. I might as well have taken seven, eight, nine. So yeah. Oh, where was I going? Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just gotcha. Jimmy Garoppolo's just not the guy, man. I I don't know. I don't know what else. The Raiders need to see. Yeah, I'll keep it short and simple with that. All right, next team, Broncos, Bryce Spot. Oh, I'm actually probably going to shock you all a little bit with saying this. I'm actually going to say Russell Wilson a little bit because he, ste- man, he stepped up 100%. Like, he stepped up his play from last year. Now, did he play good, like, great necessarily? No, he did. Okay, but Russell Wilson... I have to give, let's say head coach's name, Sean Payton. Thank you, Sean Payton. I give Sean Payton a lot of credit for this, though, because he was able to pull the reins back on Russell Wilson and put him in the right system. And when you put, when you pull the reins back, put him in that system and make him more of a system guy, I feel like that's when I feel like you have Russell Wilson shine. And that's what I feel like he done. And then therefore, he was able to have success with the Broncos this year versus what he would done last year. When 
and literally everything, the entire offense the year before was ran through Russell Wilson, which obviously we know the head coaching situation. Right. I'll get into that, but yeah, that's my thing. All right, Ben. My bright spot for the Broncos is Cortland Sutton. Whenever Russell Wilson did look good, it's because Cortland Sutton was absolutely balling out, and that that's pretty much it. So, uh, so those are the only two that I was thinking of at all. Bright spot for the Broncos. I'll, I'll go Sean Payton. I mean, clearly the team played a lot better this year than last year. Sean Payton, obviously, do I think it was like coach of the year type of stuff no but i clearly think that like he improved the overall fun foundation of that team but i think that there was some major issues and i think that he fixed a lot of those issues and they were actually competing you know they were actually winning some games like some real games they beat the chiefs like handedly you know so you know i i i gotta give some credit to sean payton on that dark spot i'm gonna go I'm going to shoot. I'm, I'm struggling with this name right now. Javante Williams, I got to give you a dark spot, bro. I expected more. I thought you were going to be kind of a hoss, kind of a beast, and you just you weren't really that guy. You weren't really that guy. That's that's my dark spot. Ben? I'm going to go with their defense. I thought you were going to take their defense. Their defense last year was legit, absolutely locked down. And everyone was blaming their offense for not winning games. And this year, it was the exact opposite to start the year. Like, to start the year, Russell Wilson came out good. The offense came out good. And the defense was in complete shambles. Now, the defense got it a little bit more together near the end of the year. But at the beginning of the year, they were in an absolute mess. So, I'm I'm going to have to go with the defense. Because they went from one of the best to starting out as one of the worst. So. Well, the only reason why I didn't go with the defense is because at the end of the year, they started playing well. Like, that's fair. But, but yeah, the good portion of the year, they were atrocious. You're right. Tanner, dark spot. I'm going to dig a little deeper into that. I'm going to say their defensive line on the defense. Because, I mean, look, you're not... Obviously, we know they were a bad defense in total. They were the 20... They, on the scoring average, they were the 29th defense in the entire NFL. Rush defense, they were 30th. They were giving up like a hundred and I think it was like a hundred and forty, hundred and fifty rushing yards a game. And that starts with that starts with your defensive line. That's right. That starts with your defensive line. So that's got to that has to be fixed. Moving moving to the next thing. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Next team up. This one should be fun. The Jets. Bryce Fly. Josh. Why am I going first? (laughs) Let's see. Dang, bro. I feel bad that Brandon has to go last on this. <laughs> Why am I going? I, I've got some options. Why am I going to? I guess couple do. Actually, there, there's at least three. Yeah. You think there's three? No. I'll say what? I, I'll say Garrett Wilson. I'll say Garrett Wilson because, I mean, any offense or pass offense came through Garrett Wilson. I I was expecting more from him from a statistical standpoint, but I think I just bought into the Aaron Rodgers. Not saying he didn't play good, but like with you saying he was going to lead the entire NFL in passing touchdowns, and then with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, I almost feel bad for him, honestly. But um, I will say Garrett Wilson. Yep, can't argue that. Best surprise spot. 
All right, I'm probably taking yours here. I'm going with Brees Hall. Brees Hall, even behind a trash offensive line, still looked really good when he had the ball in his hands, even coming off of an injury. So, I mean, that dude is going to be a problem in the NFL, especially if, like, if Aaron Rodgers comes back slightly healthy and they fix their offensive line up a little bit, everyone's going to be talking about Rodgers and Garrett Wilson Brees Hall is that dude, bro. Like, he is he's really good. Yep. Man, you said there was three. I I don't know if there was three. Those two were really easy ones for me. Bryce Fuck you, the defensive side. I know. I, I know who you're talking about, but I don't even know if it was that great. I mean, but, man, I'm trying to think of something else, dude. Bryce Buck for the Jets. Man, I, I'm struggling, man. I've got a lot of dark spots. But the bright spot, I guess I'll have to go Sauce Gardner. I really, I think he played well. I think he did, I think he did well. I don't think he was like top three corner in the league, though. I don't think he was like that good. But he is really, really good. And he does make a big difference on that defense. So I do have to give him credit for that. So that'll be my bright spot. Dark spot, I've got a, a bunch of dark spots. So I, I've got, I, there's one that's not going to get mentioned that I want to come back and mention a little bit later if you all don't mention them. But m- what I have to list right now is my personal biggest dark spot, just biggest disappointment. And that's Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard I was, expect him. he was so bad. Is Listen to this, guys. As bad as the entire Jets roster was this entire year, as bad as everything was, the worst player on the team was Alan Lazard. He was the worst player on the team. And I would never would have guessed that. I never would have expected that. He was so, so bad. He was, you couldn't have him on the field. And after like the first six games, the Jets kind of realized that. Like, we can't have this guy on the field. Can I I ask you a question about that? If the Aaron Rodgers injury doesn't happen, it would be different. Do you think that also, do you think that? No, I don't, because his chemistry with Aaron Rodgers is so good that mm. even if he's not a great receiver, the chemistry matters a lot with Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah. like, it would not be like that. But, man, he was so bad. It, it was, And it wasn't just, like, receiving game. Because Aaron Laz- Alan Lazard is, like, was, like, the best run blocker, run blocking receiver in the NFL, period. And even he couldn't even do that that well this year. I, 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 I just, I don't know what happened to him, man. I don't know. It was, it was really, really bad. All right, Ben, dark spot. Dark spot for the Jets. I'm going to take the easy one to go with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you pay a guy, you have all these expectations, and it lasts for 30 seconds. I mean, I I feel so bad for Jets fans because literally everyone was trying to get them excited, like trying to get them hyped up. They're like, guys, this is finally your year. Your defense is there. You have Brees Hall. You have Garrett Wilson. You have Aaron Rodgers. Like, even if Aaron Rodgers isn't what he was at Green Bay, like, even if he's just a game manager at this point, like, you all are going to go places. And it lasted all of about 30 seconds, and then Jets just went right back to the Jets and just have no hope for the season. So, I would hate to be a Jets fan. Did I see? Did I send y'all the meme about the Super Bowl commercial and Aaron Rodgers? Yes, you did. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there's a story. Anyway, dark so spot dinner. My dark spot is Robert Sala. Okay, and I say that to say we all know kind of how I feel about Zach Wilson. 
But I say Robert Sala for the handling of the quarterback situation throughout the season. Yeah, agree. Do I think that Zach Wilson is that guy? No, I don't think he's that guy. But you're still not putting him in a situation by benching him for somebody else. For my, was it Mike White and then somebody no, else? No, that was last not Mike year. White. It was Trevor Simeon. No, it was somebody. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. So you're benching him for you know one or two more quarterbacks, and then turning back to him, putting him back in the start. Like you're yeah. not, you're not putting. Even if you don't think he's the guy by his performance okay yeah you're still not putting him in a successful situation or a good situation throughout that now whether it be media pressure things of that nature that goes all the way to it okay but when push comes to shove you're the dude that's making the decision Mm -hmm. okay and you are furthermore showing zach wilson that you do not trust him as the guy by making that situation and you're only making it worse asking him to come back and be your starting quarterback after you've already told him that you don't think he's the guy. Yeah. So my choice is Robert Sala. I agree with all that, dude. I I actually really, really, I really like Robert Sala. I do. No, and, I like Robert Sala. And I, I had a crazy high opinion of Robert Sala coming into the season. And even midseason, I had a crazy high opinion of him because he said in the middle of the season, like, I don't care what you guys say. We are sticking with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is my guy. We were going to stick with him. Okay. I don't care what, I don't care what the backlash is. That's our guy. All right, we're going to stick with them the rest of the year. That's what he said. And then, like two weeks later, he benches them. And then a week after that, he bring he he wants them to come back again. The reason why I my opinion has dropped so much on Robert Sala was because he was wishy washy. He didn't have his own thought and to stick to what he believed. He allowed media pressure to get him. Now he's in New York. That's a big problem. But he allowed pressure to uh, to alter his decision making, and that. I think that's a big no-no for a head coach. I, I think that's a big no-no. And was he in a great situation this year? No, it was in a it was a rough situation. But you yeah. still, it, he seemed wishy-washy, and that's not good for for an NFL coach. And in in his defense, I you could almost like I and, and like I you could almost just feel the deflation of everybody from the fans, the organization, Robert Sala on his face, the players. When Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles, there was a deflation in everybody that had something to do with the Jets, 100%. So I don't envy the position that he was in. Yeah, it was rough. I still, I can't believe they won that game. (laughs) Josh Allen played so bad. Yeah, he did. All right, next up, Panda, we got to keep this somewhat reasonable here. I think I'm being reasonable. Titans, bright oh, spot. That's why you yeah. said that. Oh. Obviously, it's Will Levis, man. Will Levis is... No, actually, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to leave Will Levis to somebody else. Okay. I'm going to say Rand Carthon. Okay? okay. Rand Carthon is my bright spot. Everything from the bringing the pieces that he did in, Will, Tajay, and then... I know I was against this, but like I said, man, it, it's looking more and more like it was the right decision to get rid of Kevin Byard when he did. And then the decisions that he's made this offseason with coaching, I mean, it's it's Rand Carthon, 100% for me. Okay. okay. I'll just put... Ben, right off of the Titans. All right, since he didn't, I'll pick Will Levis. I absolutely love what I saw from Will Levis. Now... The comparison that Tanner was making with Kenny Pickett and Will Levis, the reason I didn't say anything back to that was 
I think Will Levis is an absolute legit quarterback, and I have seen flashes from him. And granted, D-Hop is an actual receiver. Now, the rest of that team isn't great. I mean, he does have Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears as well in the backfield to help out a little bit. But, I mean, even with that, it's still not a great receiving core. And Derrick Henry is a little bit older. Tajay missed some passes also. And Will Levis just came out, balled out. No question that he's the guy moving forward. So, that's that's awesome. Surprisingly, I have a couple of options here for, for Bryce Bott still for the Titans. I'm not going to say he's my Bryce Bott, but I need to give a shout out to DeAndre Hopkins. He blew my expectations out of the water. I don't. I thought he was going to contribute, but I didn't think he was going to be like a star. And he was really, really good. And he... A lot of times he carried the offense. But anyway, what I'm actually going to go with is Tajay Spears. Tajay, man, I thought he was going to do well this year, but I didn't expect to see what I saw. Like He was a legit running back through the tackles, legit out of the backfield, good pass blocking. I mean, everything that you could ask from him, he did it, and he did it well, like really, really well. So Tajay Spears, that, that's my bright spot all the way. Dark spot for the Titans. Gosh, man. Got some options here, too. I I mean, I, I'm going to steal the easiest one. I got to go offensive line. That that was just pitiful, man. That's, I mean, even if you don't have good offensive linemen, I, that was just a pitiful performance, a pitiful excuse for effort and just trying to be out there and try to protect your running back and your quarterback. Like, I mean, that was that was really, really bad. Uh, you can't really get much worse than what the Titans did this year there. All right, thank you. Traylon Burks, that's, that's enough said. All right, Tanner, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Should have left that for Tanner. Uh, I, I was okay. really hoping you were going to no, leave him for no, me, actually. Tanner, Tanner doesn't get that. Tanner thought he was going to be an elite receiver. I'm the one that's been calling him trash the whole time. So I get it. Okay. Hey. Yeah, I could go. I could go a bunch of different directions here, personally. I would say... I want to get, hang on, I want to give a bright spot shout out really, really quick before I do that to Chris Moore. Yeah. That dude, Chris Moore, he did well, balled out. And especially Sean Murphy bunting too for, I mean, that's another guy that Rand brought on that that had a really good season as well. I am personal, excuse me, I will give mine to Mike Ray because I just I could go into depth with this with how much that he was all the reports that have come out about his relationship with Ray Carthon and I just I, I'm trying not to go too in depth with this, but his personnel decisions that he was making, things of that nature, just how power hungry this like I, I'm trying not to go too in depth, but I'm just gonna say Mike Vrabel and cut it short. And if y'all want me to go go into more depth, I will. But we don't got time. Yeah. Next team up, Bright Spot Chargers. Shatter. Quentin Johnston? No. This one, this one is tough, man. I really don't know. I'm going to give my bright spot. I'm going to say Kellen Moore. The only reason that I say Kellen Moore is I'm not bashing him like everybody else is because I personally don't think he was that bad. I, I don't. Injuries was injuries was the big thing. It it wasn't Kellen Moore. Okay. 
The injuries were brutal. The injuries were yeah. brutal. were absolutely brutal. Okay, and the fact that your first round pick had the one of the worst first round pick seasons that I, I think I've ever heard of, to be honest. But I just think you were given Kellen. You gave Kellen more. You just gave Kellen more pieces that just just fell apart in his hands. And I think he's an easy out. I know he's not going to be with the Chargers next year. Pretty sure Jim Harbaugh is going to bring in his own guys. But I would personally say Jim Harbaugh. Kellen Moore because I kind of feel bad for him. Jim Harbaugh, yep. No. All right, man, bright spot. Oh, my bright spot is Derwin James. Even with everything falling apart around them, dude still had a respectable season. So that he doesn't get enough credit as being one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in my opinion. So, okay. Uh, my bright spot's Keenan Allen. I mean, even with as disastrous as everything was, Keenan Allen is still an absolute beast, and he's still unguardable. Even at his age, he, you, you can't guard that guy. He's gonna he's gonna break your ankles. He's gonna get open. Yeah, best route runner in the league. Awesome, great, great, great receiver, Keenan Allen. Dark spot, man. Got some options here, bro. I'm not gonna go Quentin Johnson. I'm gonna go Mike Williams. Dang, you actually stole mine. Dang. Mike Williams being hurt, getting hurt as early as he did. Really, I think that they would have been okay with Quentin Johnston, Quentin Johnston being as bad as he is, as bad as he was, as long as Mike Williams was there. I think he could cover that up. But Mike Williams being out, they needed Quentin Johnston to step up, and he just didn't. But Mike Williams, is him being hurt is what started all of that and caused all of it to fall apart. And that injury, and it, it just it happens year, every year now for Mike Williams. I mean, that's that's the biggest dark spot, man. It just it brings the whole thing down. Ben? I'm going with Austin Eckler. I mean, he was really the one consistent piece that was there pretty much for the whole year. And yes, I know that's not super fair because everything did fall apart around him. But even with the pieces there, Austin Eckler noticeably took a step back this year, in my opinion, true. So, all right, Tanner. Yeah, I'm going to say Justin Herbert the, wow. from the injury standpoint. That's fair. Because that's just. I mean, I, I'll give him credit for toughing it out and trying to play with the injury, the cards that he was dealt. I mean, with the Mike Williams injury and then Quentin Johnston. I mean, dude, but before you finish that, you bringing up the him having a rough time because of Quentin Johnston as well. Ben, I know Ben was watching this game with me. I don't know if you were. Whenever they played against the Packers, and the Packers won that, it was an interesting, entertaining game. Justin Herbert threw a pass to Quentin Johnson to basically to win the game. And it was perfect, just perfectly in stride. It was going to beat the Packers. It was going to hurt me. And then Quentin Johnson just dropped it. Just a flat-out Kadarius Tony-style drop. It, it was bad. Yeah, really, really bad. So, anyway, continue. Yeah. And that's why I said, like, I'm giving him some grace. But I'm saying it more from the injury aspect. It was kind of a letdown for me personally. but. Fair. Uh, that's fair. You know, you had him as you had him going to the Super Bowl. I did. Yeah, I had. I was all in on the Chargers this year, and I and I went broke. <laughs> you went very broke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Last team, Patriots. Bryce spots. Hater. There's none. Dude, this is gonna be hard. Call Bryce spots. Gosh, dude. Come on, Tanner. You got to something. Go legit, bro. I can't. Oh, let me see. You know what? I'm going to say Bill Belichick's son. 
getting a head coaching job. That's what I'm going to say. Where is he coaching? I don't know, but I know he got a head coaching job. Like college, Minnesota. Was that Minnesota? I'm pretty sure. Anyway, that is interesting. That's right. my that's my bright spot. Ben, him getting a what's your bright spot for the Patriots? Their history. <laughs> I mean, from this season. Well, you got to get something from this season. Bright spot for Patriots. Come on now. Bright spot for Patriots this season. Oh, I know one. Shoot, I can't think of his name. He got hurt, but the corner for them. Uh, not sure. Hurry up, Patriots. Come on now. Friend, this is hard, okay? I, I've got one. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I can't type at all. I, I have no idea what corner you're talking about. I didn't know that they had a really good corner on their team. Um, Christian Gonzalez. There we go. Okay. All right, Christian Gonzalez, he was being talked about as defensive player of the year, and then he got hurt like a few games into the season. Oh, okay, so. gotcha. My bright spot for the Patriots this year is you got the number three overall pick. That's the bright spot. You're going to get to take a quarterback. Is it going to be an actually good quarterback? Probably not, unless I, I think Drake May could be. Maybe he'll fall to three, but I don't think so. But but you got the number three overall pick, and that's valuable. So that's that's the biggest bright spot you got. Sorry, that's as good as it gets. Dark spot for the Patriots. I'm going to go just general structure of the entire team, coaching staff, roster, everything. Bill Belichick ran things so well for so long, and then the, everything started changing with the NFL, and he just didn't change with it. And because of that, the past couple of years, the structure of everything, the way everything was set up. I mean, you had a defensive coordinator calling offensive plays last year. I mean, I mean the whole structure of everything was a disaster. It was not good at all. That's the dark spot. Ben? Yeah. I'm going to say having to move on from Bill Belichick because of that same situation. like. Dude won you so many Super Bowls and was a great defensive mastermind. But because of how the NFL is shifting, you just can't really have that type of coach anymore, especially one as stuck in the past as that. And he just, he never changed. And unfortunately, it cost him a job and he still doesn't have a job because of that. So, Tanner. I'm going to say Mike Jones. I almost feel sorry for Matt Jones, to be honest, especially looking back when the Patriots picked him. There was so much hype around that pick, and he just, you can compare, I'm not saying it is as bad, obviously, you can kind of compare situations to, like, literally Bryce Young being put with the Panthers. Like, the situations, they're not, they're comparable in some aspects. Yeah, like, it's bad. that bad. Yeah. So I almost feel bad for Matt and want him to get another starting job somewhere because that was just such a terrible situation that he was brought into. Um, Especially no. on the heels of Tom Brady retire or on the heels of Tom Brady leaving. Yeah. Like, it's just, right. it, it's Matt Jones. Yeah, it's it's Matt Jones. I almost feel sorry for him. I really do. Yeah, I agree with that. Because they're definitely taking Drake May, and I feel sorry for Drake. No, I mean oh, they got the third pick, and just going to depend on what, what the other two take, who they end up with. But all right, that's all the teams. That's going to wrap it up for us. Cardinals had third pick. I'm pretty sure. No, it's the Patriots. That Cardinals have the Patriots. Cardinals have fourth. Oh yeah, fourth. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that'll do it for us. Who's wrapping us up today? Well, really quick, I've got to say one thing. Really quick. 
So obviously you guys know golf at least. Okay. Did you know the tournament that they just played at Riviera? Not really. Okay. So they have a par five. Okay. It's like four. Let me see. It's like, I think it's just right around 500 yards. Okay. But it's an elevated tee shot down to a fairway that's super skinny. Okay. So like, it's not hard, but it's still hard because of how short the fairway is. Okay. Well, they just played this tournament. Okay. The, that first hole at Riviera through the weekend played 186 under par. Oh my God. Bro, with 16 eagles, 158 birdies, oh 65 pars, two bogeys, and one double bogey all week, bro. Imagine getting that big thing out of the double. Being the one guy, but like, the 16 eagles is insane. Dude, that, it, that's unacceptable. Like, 16 Eagles is bad. Like, it's really, really bad, dude. Like, I, is, uh, 16 Eagles is bad? No, it's, I mean, I mean, it's bad for the core. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. But, yeah. like, like, I, I, I'm just, like, that's, come on now. Dude, Lord have mercy. <laughs> but, but, the, but what you guys don't understand is the field size. There was only, like, to put this into perspective, there was only, like, so I want to say there may have been like 65 to 70 players in this tournament. That's crazy. Like, it was a small field, bro. But like, yeah, that was absolutely insane. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. Who, who's who's finishing up for us? Ben. Not me tonight, no. bro. All right, Tanner, what you got? I don't have anything. Don't have anything? I don't have anything. Okay. Well, we can just end it like okay, this. Well, we're just going to have to end it. Okay. That's well, so- Hey. Oh, no, I can't say that one. Never mind. I can't say that one. We'll get canceled. All right.